Today's gospel, today's scriptures, uh, as I was praying with it and kind of thinking about it, it reminded me of being in elementary school at St. Mary's. Um, As I was a kid growing up, I remember one of my favorite times of year was always back to school time. It had nothing to do with school. It had nothing to do with my friends. It had nothing to do with coming back to school and like being and having to like wear the uniform and all that stuff. The reason why I love back to school time more than anything else was because it meant that I get to go to Office Depot and make my mom spend way too much money on back to school supplies, right? Because like it couldn't just be we go to Walmart or we go to Dollar Store or we go to uh, Rouse's or something like that and get the cheap stuff because quite honestly, the folders that you have in third grade mean a whole lot. Like they kind of like dictate where you fall on the pecking order of like cool, right? If you've got like the little dollar store one that like is going to serve the purpose and do everything it's supposed to do throughout the year, awesome. But if you got the one with like in the 1990s, like the Chicago Bulls on the front, it's like, what's up, man? That's the one. Or if you got like the one with Michael Jordan or a Nike swoosh check, it was like, dude, that like all of a sudden you became cool. And then you realize that like you're the same awkward third grader that you always were and you go right back where you belong. But like on the social hierarchy, you needed to make sure you had the right stuff. The best ink pens, pencils, folders. But in reality, like it didn't really matter. Over the course of the year, like your friends, the ones that you were closest to were still your friends. The parties that you got invited to were still the parties that you went to, right? And overall, those things really didn't matter, but they looked good. They, they, like, I had to make sure, like, as a, as a third grader, fourth grader, fifth grader, as best I could, that I looked the part of being the cool kid. Even though it really didn't matter what the, what the look was, because, quite honestly, it was something that was just going to fade away. In our scripture today, in our gospel today, Jesus begins the gospel, the long version, right? Whenever we hear the long version, usually we're like, come on, Father, you got to hit just the not bracketed part. But in that beginning part of the gospel, when we read today, we hear about the scribes. And they want all of the trappings of being the high, the, 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 the elite of the hierarchy, like the elite of society. They want to hear the titles. They want to be able to wear the long robes and, and the tassels and all this thing that like was going to mean this status. Just like third grade me who needed to make sure he had the perfect school supplies. They wanted to make sure that they had all the trappings of success Because that was enough. It didn't matter what was behind it. Then we contrast that in our gospel today with a widow who brings two cents, two pennies, and puts it in the collection in the temple. Now the way that the temple, they they did their collection, it wasn't like the way we do it where there's a basket that comes to you. Rather, in the temple there was a table set up called the treasury, and there were these big funnels that they would basically come and drop their money in. So it was a public act to give money in the temple. And the rich people would come and they would drop a bunch of money 
in, 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 their, in these funnels. And they would pay their taxes and they would do their tithing. But it was also for the poor, it could be an embarrassing thing to walk up and to just drop a little. And this woman comes and she drops her entire livelihood. Two cents. She gives everything that she has, which is only two cents. Two copper coins, essentially like two pennies in our world. That's what she drops into the collection. And while Jesus, being a good Jew, most of the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious elite would have looked at him and wanted him to say, like, look at her, she can only give that much. How pitiful, how horrible, how little is it? When he notices this, he says, she gives more than anyone because she gives out of her poverty, not out of her surplus. In our, in our first reading, we hear about a similar kind of situation. There's a widow, a prophet comes to her and says, miss, can you please give me a little bit of something to eat and a little something to drink? And she's like, I have nothing left. I only have enough for me and my son and after we eat this, we're done. We're gonna die. We have no more food. And I have no way of getting anything. But she gives the little bit that she has to the Lord, to the prophet. And she's blessed with a jug that does not run dry and flour that does not run out. What is it that these two readings, these two kind of images of a widow in the temple and a widow with the prophet, what are these two images speaking to us today? Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at myself and I, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you plan on working with the mess in front of me. Like, I really don't know how you plan on working with this and trying to bring people to you. I think each one of us at some point look at ourselves, we can look at ourselves in the mirror, we can look at ourselves, our lives and say, God, I don't know what you want me to do but I don't have many skills. I don't have, much, I don't have much of a following. I don't have a lot of great things that I can do for you. I'm poor in that arena. I don't have a whole lot of money that I can give to the church. But God doesn't ask for us to give the greatest thing in the biggest way. He very simply asks us just to give what we have. He asks us all just to give what we have to him. Because in his hands, a broken instrument can play beautiful music. In his hands, a broken instrument can do wonderful things. In his hands, a broken tool can build a church. Just look at the 12 that he called. Peter was not a perfect man by any stretch of the imagination. He gets called Satan by Jesus. You're doing something wrong if you're getting called Satan by Jesus, right? But a broken instrument in the hand of God can become a pope and a foundation, the rock that the church is built on that we still sit and celebrate in today, 2,000 years later. 
Paul, not a perfect instrument by any stretch of the imagination, was killing Christians, but in the hand of God, he writes half of the New Testament and becomes the greatest of missionaries. God's not asking us to do great things. He's asking us just to give ourselves to him. Now, what does that look like, though? Because I think a lot of times, at least in my life, when I was, as I'm growing up and today still, I can have a tendency to kind of keep God at, God at a distance. I can have a tendency to kind of say, all right, Lord, like, look, I want you to be in my life, but like, I just want you to come fix one thing. Like, if we pretend that our life is like a house, like, Lord, Lord, I got like a leaky roof, and I just want you to come fix the roof, and that's it. Great, we patched the roof, awesome. Next time I need you, I'll call you. That's not how the Lord comes. He comes into our life and he says, look, I'm gonna fix your leaky roof, but also see that you got a pilot light that keeps going out. Also see that this wall probably needs to be thrown out because we need an open concept because if you watch HGTV, everybody needs an open concept now. Um, but we're going to knock this wall out. We're going to repaint. We're going to do all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just wanted you to come fix a leak. And he says, no, no, no. I want to renovate your life. I want to make real changes in your life. So I think sometimes we can, be, we can be at a fault of kind of keeping God at a distance and saying, Lord, I just want a little bit. If the two widows today teach us anything, anything at all, they teach us to give totally. Give God complete and total freedom to work in your life today. Give God complete and total freedom to guide you to have that conversation with that relative that you haven't talked to in a couple of years, but like he wants to work there. Give God complete, complete guidance, complete freedom that he can come into your life and like change the way that you're a mom to your children or a husband to your wife. See, every one of us has given that, given today that opportunity to let God in and let him work. Sometimes it can be comfortable to keep him at a little bit of a distance. But when we come to mass today, like when we come to any mass and we receive communion, we're receiving Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity from the altar today. We receive Jesus Christ into our life in a new and profound way so that his Holy Spirit can work and change us. We may not have a whole lot, but God wants to work with the whole lot, the, the little bit that you do have. And when he does, he does great and powerful and wonderful things. So today, as we come as a parish family, as we come as one people coming to receive our Lord in a profound way, in a new way, in a life-changing way, may we be bold enough to give the little bit that we have and let it be transformed in his hands. Amen.